Previously on Algoa FM. Taylor Swift on Algo FM. The track's called Anti-Hero. Time for us to catch up with a few heroes in their own regard, in regard, or rather within their own right, though. And with it being Rhino World, World Rhino Day on Friday and so much happening behind the scenes, it only makes sense uh, to see what is afoot in terms of rhino conservation. And doing the utmost in this plight, our friends at Kariha Foundation. Joining me now to shed light in this regard is Lindy Sutherland. Lindy, wonderful to have you on Algoa Cares. Hi, Katie. Thank, thank you so much for inviting me onto the show. It's only a pleasure. Lindy, what is the Kariha Foundation and how is it involved in rhino conservation? Katie, the Kariha Foundation is the non-profit arm of Kariha Game Reserve. Um, it was originally established in 2012, actually in response to the rhino poaching crisis uh, that had gripped uh, the, South Africa and the Eastern Cape at the time. I don't know if you've come across the story of Tandi, or if any of your listeners have come across the story of Tandi. Yeah. Tell us. So on the second on the second of March 2012, we suffered a triple poaching, um, and we found one rhino dead the next morning, and two that had their faces completely cut off, but they were alive. Um, Long story short, um, the bull died 24 days later from injuries that he had sustained during the attack, but Tandi, um, the female, survived. And and after, you know, there was obviously a huge outpouring of love and support from the international and local community. And so the Karika Foundation was established really to look after Tandi in the early days and to ensure her survival. Mm-hmm. And we're so glad that we did because the story has evolved um, with Tandi having five calves and being a grandmother to two calves already. Um, so that's, that's where the Karika Foundation started. We've grown into a, a more broad nonprofit organization that works with the reserves to create a responsible and eco, a sustainable ecotourism model. So more simply, all guests that come to the reserve now pay a conservation and community levy, which is reinvested into conservation um, and community rejuvenation. So we've got a much, in the early days, we were focused very much on, on protection. Today, we're much broader and we focus on protection, preservation, and have a very strong focus on community rejuvenation. Lindy, give us um, an overview of the current state of uh, the rhino crisis in South Africa, but more so in uh, the Eastern Cape. Sure. Well, in order to really understand how the species has been decimated, we need to to look at the start of the 20th century, when there were over 500,000 rhino across Africa and Asia, which is their natural habitat. By 1970, that number had reduced to 70,000. Today, we are at 27,000 globally, and 15,000 um, species uh, animals are in South Africa. So there are just over 2,000 black rhino and around 13,000 white rhino. So from 500,000 to 27, with 15,000 of those being in South Africa, it's um, Sad. quite mind-boggling, really. Yeah. The situation in the Eastern Cape right now, um, we were hit very badly, as I mentioned earlier, between 2009 and 2018. We then enjoyed a period of reprieve, I think very much due to extensive collaborative efforts that have gone on in the Eastern Cape on very, in a very multi-layered approach between um, government and national parks and the private reserves. And then earlier this year, we were hit again with 13 rhino that were poached within the first three months of the year. This was directly related to a gang that had escaped um, from jail just outside Grahamstown. Um, It took us three months on the loss of 13 rhino to to catch 
that gang and put them back into prison where they now are. Um, and everything has been quite quiet since then. So, mm. yeah, there's a lot of good stuff going on in the Eastern Cape, Casey. I mean, yeah. very notable are the two incredible and most successful black rhino breeding programs um, through our national and provincial parks. And then incredible work that's been done by all the privately owned gamers as well. I want to touch on the law aspect uh, within due course. You are advocating for a holistic approach in, uh, into rhino conservation that includes a key focus on community rejuvenation and development. You touched on it earlier. Can you just give us a bit um, more insight into this? Yeah. So, you know, wild places, whether they're national parks or privately owned reserves, they don't exist in isolation. Communities live within and alongside these um, these protected areas. So our perspective is that the only sustainable protection of species, all species and endangered, endangered species, is to build conservation through community yeah. and address those key factors that enable and promote poaching. So on a practical level, we're dealing with unemployment, with poverty, hunger. Those are all motivators to become a poacher. On the human level, um, we as human beings only want to protect that which we know and which we value. And, and many communities have never even seen a rhino um, or an elephant or the wild animals that, that, that are so much part of the South African tradition. So community programs need to address all of these aspects. We need to invest funds into capacitating people and to create opportunities for them. And we also need to establish environmental education programs that reconnect people to their immediate natural environment but also to these iconic wild animals. Mm. I have to concur with that. What is the biggest threat to rhino outside of poaching? Sure, that would be loss of habitat. Mm. Um, I mentioned earlier on that you know preservation is one of our core conservation yes. um, objectives, and preservation really talks to preserving habitat and expanding habitat. So this is not just the Eastern Cape South African thing. Um, bringing back biodiversity is, is one of the biggest calls to action Mm -hmm. in the conservation world Um, for numerous reasons, climate change, um, but also we are running out of habitat for these wild animals. So to give you just a practical example, um, a breeding herd of black rhino, which is normally 20 animals strong, needs at least 20,000 hectares of land in order to breed successfully. And that's because black rhino are the males and the females are both territorial. So they require a much larger space. We just don't have those kind of spaces available anymore with the resources to ensure that the protective measures, community programs, all of those things are in, are in place in order to receive those rhino. So you, we've got a huge push in the Eastern Cape at the moment um, on, a, on a provincial um, national level and within the private reserves to, to grow these wild spaces, to, to open up wildlife corridors um, so we can bring big herds of these species back. And habitat is, is the biggest limiting factor. Lindy, is government doing enough to assist in the fight against rhino poaching? And, uh, you know, the sentences applied to these poachers, is it enough? So, Casey, that's a very complex question. Um, I think the structures are in place. But whether those structures are applied depends very much province to province. Mm-hmm. Um, so once again, in the Eastern Cape, there's a lot of good happening. And that is because there's excellent cooperation between national, provincial um, parks, private reserves, the SATS, the, judi- the judiciary. So, so we've actually had huge success in this province. Back in um, 2019, the Ngulwe gang 
was sentenced to 25 years each in prison for numerous counts of wildlife crimes, including rhino poaching, and we do believe they were Sandy's poachers. Mm-hmm. Um, more recently, we convicted four poachers for the intention to poach. That was a, a landmark case. Um, they were each given seven years, and they were the ones that actually escaped um, and were recaptured within three months. That sentencing was incredible. There was a huge turnout in the magistrate's court in Grand Sound from all the reserves and national parks in the Eastern Cape. Those four men all got between 15 and 20 years mm. for intention to poach. The cases against them for the actual poachings have not even started yet. So yeah. that's the case in the Eastern Cape. The rest of the country is dealing with a lot more corruption, a lot more inefficiency, a lot more exposure. Um, you know, they share boundaries with African countries, so it's a lot more challenging there. Um, but we certainly have a lot to, um, to be proud of and to celebrate once again in the Eastern Cape. Um, where the government isn't doing enough, um, private reserves are playing a huge role in, in um, rhino protection now. There are actually more rhino under private ownership now than, than state ownership, and the protection mechanisms have been more successful because they're greater controls, obviously. Um, but still, all of those private entities are completely and utterly self-funded. There is not a single cent or, or tax break or anything that we receive in order to, to protect this, this endangered species. And the costs of protection go into um, the millions. Yeah, I can imagine. And that's where organizations like you know, the Karika Foundation Trust become so important um, in the mix because oh. we assist the game reserves in raising those funds in order to, 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 to cover the costs of, of, of rhino protection. I so wish I had more time, Lindy. I'm running out. How can our listeners get involved and help you? The most important thing is get involved. When you hear about an initiative, an event, sign up, join up. So this weekend on Sunday, we've got the Kenton Rhino Run, which is an amazing initiative. Um, we've also got the Dancing for Rhinos, who launches their online auction on World Rhino Day in London. Another one of our partners have got the Global Gala for Rhinos on the 30th of September. That's helping rhinos. Um, support those events when you hear of them. Donate if you're able. The Carica Foundation has a Save the Rhino project where we raise funds to offset our um, protection costs. Lots of other foundations also have projects you can donate to. You can even start a fundraiser. We had an amazing young man in the UK recently. He did the 48 by 48 challenge. He raised 35,000 rand for rhino conservation, just as an ordinary young man doing something extraordinary. And most importantly, book a safari. All of the Eastern Cape Reserves offer incredible discounts for South Africans between May and August. And all of those guests pay a conservation and community levy. And that is the base funding in order for us to fund rhino protection. So support your local reserves, book a safari, have a wonderful time and, and support rhino conservation in that way. And we have all the links up and running as we're speaking on the Algoa Cares page. Lindy, thank you so much for joining us on Algoa Cares this afternoon and all of the best with your fundraising initiatives. Thank you so much, Casey. Have a wonderful day. Your digital library experience. Podcasts from algoafm.co.za.